afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnell. This is the Ken Hudnell Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West. The most haunted city in the country. Well, today's January the 18th. 18th day of the year. Just 347 days remain to the year's over with. Let's see. Hmm. Aha. That may be the issue. Holidays and observances. National Gourmet Coffee Day. National Peking Duck Day, Women's Healthy Weight Day, National Thesaurus Day, National Michigan Day, National Winnie the Pooh Day, Energy Shaving Week, Week of Prayer for Christian Unity, it's Kevin Costner's birthday, Dave Bautista's birthday, and Cary Grant's birthday. <coughs> January is also Veganary Month, Thyroid Awareness Month, National Slow Cooking Month, Bread Machine Baking Month, National Skating Month, January. Somebody asked me what January was. Um, Whether you experience a gin martini for the first time, going for standard gin and tonic or something more creative. Uh, January is a time to get excited about gin. Originally it was used for uh, medicinal purposes. But not now. Okay. Drive of January. National Blood Donor Month. Manuary. <coughs> International Brain Teasers Month. National Clean Up Your Computer Month. National Soup Month. Get Organized Month. International Creativity Month. Celebration of Life Month. National Oatmeal Month. National Be Kind to Food Server Month. National Hot Tea Month. National Birth Defects Awareness Month, Get a Balanced Life Month, and National Hobby Month. Well, all that having been said, let's see. In 474, seven-year-old Leo II succeeds his maternal grandfather, Leo I, his Byzantine emperor. He dies ten months later. (coughs) 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 In 532, Nico riots in Constantinople uh, fail. Uh, the Nico riots, or the Nico sedition, took place against Byzantine Emperor Justinian I in Constantinople over the course of a week in 532. Often regarded as the most violent riots in the city's history, nearly half of Constantinople being burned or destroyed and tens of thousands of people killed. It didn't... Uh, the Nicu Revolt or the Nicu Sedition or whatever you want to call it failed. Number 26, Emperor Huizong abdicates the Chinese throne in favor of his son, Emperor Quinzong. 1486, King Henry VII of England marries Elizabeth of York. <coughs> Daughter of Edward IV, who is my ancestor. Dining the House of Lancaster and the, the House of York. 1562, Pope Pius IV reopens the Council of Trent for its third and final session. 
the uh, Council of Trent was the 19th ecumenical council of the Catholic Church. It's been described as the embodiment of the Counter-Reformation. The um, council issued statements and clarifications of church doctrine and teachings. Fifteen eighty six, the magnitude seven point nine. Ten shell earthquake strikes Honshu, Japan. Killed eight thousand people and triggered a tsunami. Sixteen seventy. Henry Morgan captured Panama. The um, landed at Fort San Lorenzo. Uh, threw the cannons in the water. I've actually stood on those cannons. And though he left Panama City with a massive treasure, when he crossed the Isthmus and got back to his ships, most of it had vanished. They um, never determined what he did with all that treasure. 1701, Frederick I crowns himself King of Prussia in Königsberg. <coughs> <coughs> Seventeen seventy-eight. James Cook's the first known European to discover the Hawaiian Islands. He called them the Sandwich Islands. Seventeen eighty-eight. First elements of the first fleet carrying seven hundred thirty-six convicts from Great Britain to Australia arrive in Botany Bay. Eighteen oh six. Jan Wilhelm Johnson surrenders the Dutch Cape Colony to the British. 1866, Wesley College is established in Melbourne, Australia. 1871, Wilhelm I of Germany is proclaimed Kaiser Wilhelm in the Hall of Mirrors at the Palace of Versailles toward the end of the Franco-Prussian War. He already had the title of German Emperor since the Constitution of January 1st, 1871, but he hesitated to accept the title. 1886, modern field hockey is born with the formation of the Hockey Association in England. 1896, an X-ray generating machine is exhibited for the first time by H.L. Smith. 1911, Eugene Ely lands on the deck of the USS Pennsylvania anchored in San Francisco Bay. That's the first time an aircraft landed on a ship. 1913, the First Balkan War. A Greek flotilla defeats the Ottoman Navy in the naval battle of Limnos, securing the islands of the northern Aegean Sea for Greece. 1915, Japan issues a 21 demands to the Republic of China in a bid to increase its power in Eastern Asia. 21 demands. Uh, was a set of demands made during the First World War by the Empire of Japan under Prime Minister Okuma Shingenobu to the government of the Republic of China. Um, the secret demands would greatly extend Japan's control over China. Japan accreted the former German areas that had conquered the start of World War I in 1914. It would be a major power in Manchuria and South Mongolia, have an extended role in railways, And the most extreme demand will give Japan a decisive voice in finance, policing, and government affairs. In effect, it made China a protectorate of Japan and reduced Western influence. 1919, World War I, Paris Peace Conference opens in Versailles, France. 1919, Ignacy Jan Penderewski becomes Prime Minister of newly independent Poland. Um, 1941, World War II, British troops launched a general counteroffensive against the Italian East Africa. 1943, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, first uprising of Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto. 1945, World War II, liberation of Krakow, Poland, by the Red Army. 1958, Willie O'Ree, the first black Canadian national hockey player, makes his NHL debut with the Boston Bruins.
1960, Capital Airlines Flight 20 crashes into a farm in Charles City County, Virginia, killed all 50 on board. Third fatal Capital Airlines crash in as many years. 1967, Alberto DeSalvo, the Boston Triangler, is convicted of numerous crimes and sentenced to life imprisonment. There are those that said he wasn't really the Boston Strangler, he just took credit for it. 1969, United Airlines Flight 266 crashes into Santa Monica Bay, killed off 32 passengers and six crew members. 1972, members of the Mukti Baini lay down their arms to the government of the newly independent Bangladesh a month after uh, winning the war against the occupying Pakistan Army. 1974, a disengagement of forces agreement is signed between Israel and the Egyptian governments, ending conflict on the Egyptian front, the Yom Kippur War. 1976, Lebanese Christian militias kill at least 1,000 in the Karantina, Beirut. 1977, scientists identified previously unknown bacterium as the cause of the mysterious Legionnaire's disease. The uh, Legionnaire's disease, for those that uh, may not know exactly what it is, uh, includes um, cough and shortness of breath and fever and muscle pain and headaches. Uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea may also occur. It occurs two to ten days after exposure. It's said to be caused by a uh, form of Legionella bacteria. Nineteen seventy-seven, Australia's worth rail disaster occurs at uh, Granville and Sydney, killing eighty-three. 1977, SFR Yugoslavia's Prime Minister, Zimal Bizidek, and his wife and six others are killed in a plane crash in Bosnia and Herzegovina. 1978, European Court of Human Rights finds the United Kingdom's government guilty of mistreating prisoners in Northern Ireland, but not guilty of torture. 1981, Phil Smith and Phil Mayfield parachute off a Houston skyscraper becoming the first two people to base jump from objects in all four categories, buildings, antenna, spans, and uh, cliffs. 1983, the International Olympic Committee restores Jim Thorpe's Olympic medals to his family. He was a uh, Native American who just excelled, uh, but he had played uh, semi-pro ball. In other words, he got paid to play baseball. That made him a professional. And so they revoked his medals. 1986. An Aero Via Sud aviation caravel crashes on approach to Mundo Maya International Airport in Flores, Petin, Guatemala. Killed all 94 people on board. 1988, South uh, China Southwest Airlines Flight 4146 crashes near Chongqing, Bai International Airport. Killed all 98 passengers and 10 crew members. 1990, Washington, D.C. Mayor Marion Barry is arrested on drug possession charges. It was uh, as a result of an FBI sting. 1993, Martin Luther King Jr. Day is officially observed for the first time in all 50 U.S. states. 2002, Sierra Leone Civil War is declared to be over on this date. 2003, a bushfire bush kills four people and destroys more than 500 homes in Canberra, Australia. 2005, the Airbus A380, the world's largest commercial jets, unveiled at a ceremony in Toulouse, France. Uh, 2007, the strongest storm in the United Kingdom in 17 years. Kills 14 people. Germany sees the worst storm since 1999 with uh, 13 deaths. Cyclone Kirill causes at least 44 deaths across 20 countries in Western Europe. 2008, the Euphronius crater is unveiled in Rome after being returned to Italy by the Metropolitan Museum of Art.
2018, a bus catches fire on the Samara Sim Kent Road in the Ugaraz District, Oktobi, Kazakhstan. Fire kills 52 passengers, three passengers and two drivers escaping. 2019, an oil pipeline explosion near Tehulia, Pine Hidalgo, Mexico, kills 137. And in 2023, helicopter crash in Ukraine leaves 14 people dead, including the country's interior ministry, Denise Monestrasky. Well, we've talked about a lot of strange and off-the-wall things. Uh, the... Uh, Hmm. We've been talking about curses. And uh, the last show is about sports curses. You know, in 1960, a seemingly innocuous trade between the Cleveland Indians, today called the Cleveland Guardians, and the Detroit Tigers set off a series of unfortunate events that would come to be known as the curse of uh, Rocky Colavito. Now, he was a beloved right fielder and power hitter for the Indians who was traded to the Tigers for Harvey uh, Quinn. Many fans believed to mark the beginning of more than three decades of embarrassing underperformance for Cleveland. Uh, for them, they perceived uh, karma for trading their fan favorite manifested in a team's consistent failures and uh, misfortunes on and off the baseball field. Cleveland Plain Dealer newspaper conducted a poll at the time revealing that 90% of Indians fans expressed their dissatisfaction with that trade. That's according to NBC Sports. Many suspected there'd be long-term consequences. And throughout this period of turmoil, the once proud Cleveland Indians struggled to find any success at all. Went 54 years without reaching the uh, postseason games. Sports writers uh, examined the curse of Rocky Calavito as a cautionary tale about um, disrupting a team's chemistry by sacrificing talent for short-term gains. 1994, Cleveland uh, sports writer Terry Pluto wrote a best-selling book called The Curse of Rocky Calavito, about the phenomena. Of course, in the years since that time, the team's fortunes have brightened just a bit, but they still haven't won a World Series since 1948. It's interesting to note that um, quite often, um, the fans turning their back on a team can have unbelievable uh, detrimental effects. Well, let's talk about the curse of 1940. Led to New York hockey fans decades of unhappiness. Of course, the 1940s led to more than a natural share of heartbreak for longtime New York Rangers fans. So origins are said to trace back to Dutton's curse which supposedly originated with Red Dutton, coach and general manager of the rival New York Americans. Uh, he suspended his team's operation during World War II. He planned to reinstate the team after the war. But the National Hockey League and Madison Square Garden management went back on their promises. Dutton, who was re resentful, Vowed that rival New York Rangers would never win a Stanley Cup as long as he lived. When he died in 1988, uh, excuse me, 87, Rangers' cupless streak was still intact. Another trigger came when Madison Square Garden management burned their paid-off mortgage papers inside Lord and Stanley's sacred cup in 1940. Fans thought that uh, such an act angered the hockey gods. Well, whichever way you believe, the curse took root at this point. The Rangers became notorious for falling just short of glory time and time again. 
Now, despite very talented teams, the Rangers found themselves repeatedly thwarted by bad luck. I mean, one example is March 1993 when star defenseman uh, Brian Leach stepped out of a cab in front of the gardens, slipped on the ice, broke his ankle. Without him, the Rangers collapsed and missed the playoffs. 1994, after a nail-biting playoff run read by Captain Mark Messier, Rangers broke free of their haunted past and claimed an overdue triumph. As they raised the cup over their heads in victory, fans everywhere saw the end of one of hockey's longest-running curses. Then we've got what's been referred to as the curse of Colonel Sanders. Um, there are those that believe Colonel Sanders' uh, vengeful spirit leads the Henshin Tigers to failure. Now, over the years, the story about the curse of Colonel Sanders has become a fascinating tale for baseball fans and fried chicken fans alike. Despite the comical name, this bizarre phenomenon has haunted the Hanson Tigers, a Japanese baseball team, for decades. According to the story, in 1985, on their way to winning the first Japanese uh, series, ecstatic supporters celebrated by having fan lookalikes of each of the Tigers uh, players jump off a bridge into the Duttonbori River. When it came time to celebrate their American-born star slugger, Randy Bass, um, jump in the river, they couldn't find a Caucasian fan who would pretend to be Colonel Sanders. So they grabbed a life-size statue of Colonel Sanders outside a nearby Kentucky Fried Chicken and tossed it in the river. Well, although they did win the championship, they found themselves plagued by a decades-long slump that included 18 straight years in last or next-to-last place. And this is attributed to the, the ghost of the man that gave the world his delicious secret blend of 11 spur herbs and spices. Well, there's a lot of folks that believe the mysterious curse still looms over the team and the stadium, which causes seemingly inexplicable Losses in pivotal games, including losing the Japan, uh, Japan Series in 2003, 2005, and 2014. Some of the most notable examples, including freak injuries to star players at crucial moments and astonishing losing streaks that seem to go on forever. 2009, nearly 25 years after the incident, divers uh, finally discovered the statue's remains lying on the riverbed. Statue was restored and put back on display at the local Kentucky Fried Chicken to the relief of superstitious fans. But the statue's missing its left hand and glasses and look fairly weathered. Fans' new interpretation of the curse of the colonel is that the Tigers won't win again until the colonel's missing parts are found. A highly unlikely prospect. But certainly it could be. Well, from baseball, let's turn to golf. Yes, there are golf curses. Let's talk about the Masters Par 3 curse. It's a well-known legend among golf aficionados. It's not one that can be easily dismissed. For decades, players participating in the prestigious Masters Tournament in Augusta, Georgia have encountered this ominous phenomena. The winner of the Part 3 contest held on the eve of the Masters has never gone on to win the main event during that same year. Peculiar coincidence has played out time and time again, leading many to speculate that some strange force at work on the, the greens of Augusta National. One example, 2003, Padraig Harrington won the Part 3 contest only to All short during the, the main event. Luke Donald had the same luck in 2011. 
He squandered a five-shot lead going into the final round of the Masters just two days after winning the Par 3 contest. And then Jimmy Walker took home the Par 3 trophy in 2016. The curse persisted as he, too, failed to secure victory at the Masters in that same week. Um, some superstitious players have gone so far as to purpose, purposefully um, avoid winning or even participating in the Par 3 contest due to their fear of falling prey to the curse. According to Tody Fanal in USA Today, I participate because I love having my wife and kids out there, but I'll never try to win it. I don't want to test the waters. And while there's no way to say definitively that there's any truth behind this supposed jinx, one thing is for sure, remains an unsettling uh, enigma that continues to cast a shadow over the uh, celebrated tournament year after year. Somebody who managed to win the par three and then the Masters make a real name for himself well from the masters let's go to the curse of the superdome an eerie phenomena at uh, New Orleans iconic stadium you know the notorious New Orleans superdome is shrouded in tales of curses and misfortune this venue home to the NFL's New Orleans Saints is believed by some to have been built on the historic Gerard Street uh, Cemetery Served as the final resting place for many during the 19th century. Paranormal enthusiasts argue this uh, history is the reason behind an unsettling chain of uh, unfortunate events that uh, continues to play out within its walls. Or maybe it's the result of the ghost of the people who tragically died on site while seeking shelter from Hurricane Katrina. Well, one major example of the New Orleans Superdome curse is the sudden power outage that occurred during the Second half of Super Bowl um, 47 in 2013 caused a 34-minute delay. And Saints fans are painfully aware of the streak of disappointing seasons and high-profile losses endured by the football and basketball teams and what's called the Superdome home. Supernatural solutions uh, have even been sought out. In 2000, voodoo priestess uh, Ava K. Jones tried to clean the field of negative energy. She wore a large boa constrictor around her neck, carried a custom-made voodoo doll, grigri bag, a bottle of gin, while being accompanied by drummers and dancers from the Voodoo Macumba Dance Ensemble. Mitchell appeared to work, but only partially. After this cleansing, the New Orleans Saints beat the St. Louis Rams 31-28. The game took a decisive turn in the uh, final moments as the Rams receiver. Az Zahir Hakim fumbled a point, a punt, Sealing the Saints' triumph. But since then, other happenings make some believe the curse is uh, still alive and well. You know, going to New Orleans is like stepping into another world. Well, let's talk about the Heisman Hex. It's best said by many, the, this award steals your stardom. Well, in college football, the Heisman Trophy stands as the ultimate pinnacle of success. Yet a prestigious award bestowed on a player deemed the most outstanding in the entire country. It's a big deal for the recipient when it comes time for the NFL draft and contract negotiations. According to running back Reggie Bush, one of the greatest honors of my life was winning the Heisman Trophy in 2005. It was a dream come true. But... There was a catch. Many winners of this coveted trophy have gone on to clock curiously disappointing professional careers in the National Football League. One minute they're basking in the glory of the Heisman and juggling lucrative sponsorships. The next they're grappling with injuries, unfulfilled potential, the straight-up inability to even win. Johnny Manziel, 2012 Heisman winner who flopped spectacularly in the NFL, or how about Archie Griffin, pocketed two Heismers in the mid-1970s but failed to light up the field as he was expected to do. Ernie Davis, tragically diagnosed with leukemia during his rookie season. 
Heisman winning quarterback. Robert Griffin III injured his knee late in his rookie season. Tore his ACL in the playoffs and went three to, for ten the following season before being benched. Although six Heisman winners have since 1961 have uh, gone on to careers great enough to enhance them in the Hall of Fame, a whopping 53%, never even made it a single pro uh, to a single Pro Bowl. Well, when that next winner clutches that trophy, back of their mind they may be worried to be the next victim of this curse. And I've talked to a number of people who have. Uh, Seriously believe there is a curse. How about the Madden curse? You know, being on the cover of the the video game is a great honor. But there are those that want to refuse. Now, the Madden curse, for those who are not familiar with it, refers to a supposed jinx that hits NFL players chosen the grace to cover the annual edition of the Madden video game series. Since its inception in 1999, when EA Sports chose to feature players instead of its namesake John Madden, many fans and athletes alike wonder if being on the cover spells the end of your career. at least a terrible year. In 2000, first athlete cover featured Barry Sanders. He retired immediately and never played another game. 2004, one day after the game's release, Michael Vick fractured his fibula, missed the bulk of the season. Then he went to jail for involvement in dogfighting. 2009, Brett Fave was celebrated for his long career with the Packers. And then he left for the Jets and had a terrible career, 22 interception that season. 2009, Adrian Peterson earned the cover after six 1,000-yard seasons. And this, that was just two years after a massive 2,000-yard season. But he got invited and died for child abuse and only played the single game. Well, enough players taking the curse seriously. Some even refusing to be on the cover led to EA Sports uh, to actively campaign against that belief. And then, of course, there's the Sports Illustrated curse. Uh, stay off the cover or risk becoming another casualty of this particular curse. It's a similar phenomenon in which athletes or teams featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine seem to inexplicably underperform or suffer injury shortly after that. That's a puzzling occurrence that uh, dates back decades. Magazine even self-reported on the supposed curse in 2002. Noting of the 2,456 covers SI had run, 913 featured a person who or a, a team that suffered some verifiable misfortune that conformed to the definition. That's a jinx rate of 37.2%. Now, if you turn back the clock to 1954, when Milwaukee Braves player Eddie Matthews became the first person ever to appear on the magazine's cover, broke his hand shortly after that, and his Braves lost the game to end a nine-game winning streak. Pete Rose, the legendary baseball player, appeared on the cover August 7, 1978 with the headline Pete Streak. Later that week, his hit streak came to a grinding halt. Now, already cursed Cleveland Indians were picked on San Francisco. It was one more time. Sports Illustrated uh, covered to win the American League in 1987. They went on to finish last place with 101 losses. More recent examples featuring uh, that illustrates the longevity of the curse. The 2002 NFL season where several teams highlighted on the magazine's covers uh, failed to win their next game. NBA star LeBron James recurring misfortunes after cover appearance. And whether you put stock in the uh, curse or not, it does add an intriguing layer to sports and journalism. And if you get wind up 
getting the honor of being on the cover and something happens, you have a ready-made excuse. Well, how about performance curses? A rational explanation for sudden drops of skill and success. You know, the, the truth behind one of the most intriguing mysteries in the world of sports, performance curses, is uh, maybe less about supernatural forces and more about pure science and math. Specifically, a phenomenon known as regression to the mean. Simply put, whenever a high-performance figure is exceptionally high or low for a period of time, it can be expected to return closer to the average as time goes on. Bad streak over after a good run doesn't have to mean anything at all besides obeying an inescapable law of statistics. Just as flips of a coin, a balance out over time to an equal number of heads and tails, an Olympic gold medalist who subsequently performs at an average level hasn't uh, suddenly been bewitched. He's just experiencing a statistical inevitability. Whereby extraordinary performance, by definition, inevitably dips toward the average over time. When you anoint a peak performance season by a start athlete or team, you're creating unfair expectations of continued unusual performance. Perfect recipe for a perceived curse when inevitable average seasons follow. Combine that theory with uh, the innate human tendency for narrative and pattern seeking, and you got key ingredients for. The odd, compelling curse story. What people call superstitions are really examples of magical thinking, and they're fundamentally a human belief, according to Philip Stevens Jr., retired associate professor of anthropology who appeared on ESPN. Boils down to the fact our brains are hardwired to make sense of information by forming stories and attributing performance curses to bad luck or the whims of fate. Makes for a much more captivating explanation than just cold statistics. Now, hand in hand with that, you have to ask yourself why athletes are so superstitious. From ballet caps to playoff beards to chicken only meals, it's amazing some of the thinking behind some of the sports' weirdest habits. You know, athletes may be celebrated for their elite physical prowess and skill on the field, court, or the ice, but it's sometimes enhanced by another common quality that the uh, average individual overlooks, superstition. Sports world's rampant with rituals and beliefs and habits that have worked their way into the routines of players worldwide. From Luke Charms to slump-busting stunts, to quirky ticks to downright bizarre rites, Athletes often step into the supernatural realm, attributing their performance to anything but chance or natural ability. And adding a fun extra layer for us to watch for as spectators. Well, let's talk about the rally caps. Maybe. Well, I don't know what that was. You know, maybe the most widely recognized phenomenon linked to baseball superstitions is the famous rally cap. That's when players and spectators turn their hats inside out, upside down, or askew in a desperate attempt to, to the fates to engineer a late-game comeback. It's a unifying act of fan and players alike. Reasonable began as an organic expression to rally crowd morale, but as gradually becomes so popular, you can see almost every team resort to it on a regular basis. Got to go back to the 40s and the Tigers Really became to the forefront in the 1945 World Series when they were playing the Cubs. Radio announcer at the time actually made mention that the Tigers players had their hats on inside out. Some of them even had them on backward. Just after that announcement, the Tigers rallied for a come-behind win. So many to believe that rally caps somehow channeled much-needed energy into success on the field. Tradition has continued for decades. Now, those skeptics may shrug. Many sports fans swear by this enduring superstition as a key way to rally the troops in the dugout and then in the stands. Then you've got unwashed clothes. Common way athletes try to keep a hot streak going has to do with personal hygiene or the lack thereof. 
particular tradition sees players refusing to wash part of their uniform after games, sometimes for an extended period. For some reason, they believe an unwashed sweaty jersey or socks or even a jock strap somehow holds a secret power in addition to foul odors that would be destroyed by soap and water. And they keep it going for weeks. Cardinals pitcher Steve uh, Klein notoriously never washed his hat. It became discolored. It was so filthy. And that quirk isn't confined to the diamond either. Even Michael Jordan wore his uh, old college shorts under his Chicago Burroughs uniform for um, luck. Does it work? Who knows? Then you got playoff beards. This ritual started with the New York Islanders dynasty in the 80s. Fearing a Samson-like fall if they cut their facial hair. Players held off shaving until they won the cup or, or ousted from the playoffs. According to Islander player Bob Nystrom, it was just something that was pretty automatic for us. You get on a winning streak, you don't want to change a thing. And then the ritual caught on with other sports, like baseball. Uh, National Hockey League player Brent Burns and Major League Baseball's Brian Wilson became as famous for their enormous beards as for their uh, on-field play. Each attributed their success to uh, their avoidance of razors. And soccer stars have been known to sport mohawks or brightly dyed hair for matches, motivated by superstition more than fashion. Well, let's talk about uh, specific quirks of certain athletes. Each sport may have particular habits and rituals attributed to it. Some athletes seem to forge their own unique path when it comes to superstition. Uh, Serena Williams, for example, bounced her tennis ball five times exactly for before her first serve and twice before her second. Also notable is her insistence on using the same pair of socks throughout an entire tournament. That was a smelly superstition, she said, brought her good fortune. Then there's soccer superstar Cristiano Ronaldo. At a pregame ritual, he always the last player out of the tunnel and steps on the field with his right foot first. Baseball player Wade Boggs, pregame ritual including always eating chicken, earning him the nickname of Chicken Man. Chicken was cheap, and I really felt better eating lighter food rather than a lot of heavy meat and gravy, he told Christian Science Monitor. And then I noticed my batting average went up since uh, I've been a... Chikatarian also drew the Hebrew word chai, which means life, on the batter's box before uh, each at bat. Then tennis player Rafael Nadal would meticulously arrange his water bottles beside his bench before every match. Former Red Sox not a uh, shortstop. No more. Garcia Parham had a precise pre-batting ritual that involved taking an exact number of steps. Then adjusting his armbands, his batting gloves, his helmet hip bill, wrapping home plate with his bat, and getting his cleats an exact number of times before getting into his stance. And after the pitch, he'd do it all over again. Hall of Fame National Hockey League goaltender Patrick Roy would talk to his goalpost. He admitted he always said, uh, come on guys, help me out. He said before the game, I'd give him instructions. The old posts are always with me. They talk back to me some nights. Nice they say bing. Former Dallas Mavericks player Jason Terry had a particularly unusual and noteworthy ritual. He would sleep in his opponent's shorts before every game. According to sports news site, the Basketball Network. Now, how he managed to get his hands on a pair of the other team's shorts every time is a mystery, but... It would seem he managed to accomplish it. Hall of Fame uh, National Hockey League goalie Glenn Hall would puke before every single game. Not because he was nervous, but because he forced himself to. He said, I got the feeling I wasn't giving everything I had if I didn't go through it. And I also felt better. Felt that if I wasn't wired, I wasn't playing well. 
And certainly that could well have been the case. Then you got the Australian national men's football team, the Socceroos, who carries a, a legend. It's called the Curse of the Socceroos. Said to have been imposed by an African witch doctor when the team used the witch doctor's services to win. But they didn't, they failed to pay him. Apparently disenchanted by their boorish behavior, the witch doctor made it out a, a dire prophecy. The Socceroos would face a series of setbacks in their pursuit of international glory. Jinx demonstrated its venom in 1997 when Australia failed to qualify for the FIFA World Cup after a nail-biting match against Iran. Socceroos were leading 2 to nothing, but were left licking their wounds after Iran's back, back, bounced back and clinched the draw. With equal points and fewer total goals, Australia was forced to bow out of the tournament. Yet another pre-qualification match for the World Cup in 2001, this time with the Uruguay. Soccer rules scored first, but couldn't maintain their hold on victory. After an intense showdown that culminated in a penalty shootout, the Australia came up short again. But not everyone accepted this particular fate. Media personality John Saffron hired a witch doctor to reverse the curse before the 2005 qualifier against Uruguay. That's according to the Australian newspaper Brisbane Times. It's time to release the soccer rules near 32-year drought. And it would appear this magic ritual did the trick as the team then qualified for the World Cup, finally defeating Uruguay in front of 83,000 onlookers. And although the soccer rules thought they'd put a, their curse behind them, many fans still blame the curse when things don't work in their team's favor. They believe it resurfaces every now and then. And certainly it might. Well, from sports curses, let's talk about cursed objects. By that, I mean the enigmatic power of certain haunted relics and dolls and paintings and ships and even more. You know, the allure of the macabre and the unexplainable has historically held uh, strong sway over the human mind. One manifestation this has had in our attraction to cursed objects. Items that are said to bring uh, bad luck and hardship or disaster on those who possess them. Across cultures and throughout time, stories about these eerie items have captured our imagination. Um, challenged our very understanding of reality and triggered an innate inner fear of the unknown. How about the Hope Diamond, for instance? Its gleaming beauty belies a story past of misfortune and tragedy that uh, plagues its handlers. Similarly, surrounded in menace is Robert the Doll. And despite this Key West fixture's charming appearance, a string of bizarre incidents attached to it has uh, stirred whispers of a malevolent spirit across the Atlantic. He found the Swansea Devil, an eerie statue that uh, exudes an ominous aura. This is just a few of the innumerable cursed objects that uh, fascinate men's minds. So we find yourself intrigued. Stick around. How about the uh, the dead man's chair? Bewitch seat that uh, whispers across time. You know, deep within the annals of supernatural lore lies the chilling tale surrounding the dead man's chair. Also known as the Busby Stoop Chair, seemingly innocuous piece of furniture that says, surprise, surprise. Actually carries with it a deadly curse. For those who are brave enough to get close, sitting in a chair said to bring about misfortune and ultimately death. And while these tales often blend reality with imagination, what sets the devil man's chair apart is its unnerving history and countless encounters that have created the, its deadly reputation. The origin of the chair, which resided in a pub in North Yorkshire, England, dates back to the 18th century. Recently belonged to the pub, a notorious murderer, Thomas Busby, had a particular affection for it. As he was dragged away to be hung, and he reportedly declared that uh, 
depth before anybody who dared relax in his favorite chair. He would, in fact, be its first victim following his execution, which was actually just across the street from the pub. And thanks to the curse he unleashed, the tavern was later renamed the Busby Stoop Inn. During World War II, who sat in the chair for a drink the night before flying would seemingly never survive their next mission. Other inexplicable accidents would follow those who uh, dismissed his power and sat in the dead man's chair, gradually building his reputation as a cursed object. After numerous death, the chair was placed in the pub's basement, but that didn't stop the um, the carnage. A labor happened to find it and took a brief rest in it. Hours later, Rufy was working on it collapsed underneath him. At that point, the pub's owner had enough. He contacted the Thirsk Museum and asked if they'd take the chair off his hands. Uh, the museum staff agreed and carefully arrangement, uh, arrangements were made to transport the chair under tight security. Agreeing to make sure nobody ever sit in that chair again, the museum suspended it from the ceiling where it hangs to this day. Then we have the Swansea Devil. Uh, something from a dark Welsh legend. You know, nestled within the coastal city of Swansea, Wales, is a eerie figure known as the Swansea Devil, also known as Old Nick. This menacing creature is carved out of wood and has an intriguing role in local history. Story goes back to the 1890s when the well-known St. Mary's Church in the heart of Swansea planned extensive renovations, and the project was open to bids. And with the local architect, uh, who didn't get the contract, was offended that an outsider was chosen to work on the church. Based on that, he plotted his revenge. To retaliate, the architect purchased a line of cottages near the church, tore them down, constructed large red brick offices in their place. Then he ordered the creation of a devil statue and positioned it on top of his building to overlook the church. According to legend, the architect cursed the church by proclaiming, when your church is destroyed and burned to the ground, my devil will be still laughing. It's according to Atlas Obscura. As predicted during World War II, the devastating German blitz bombing resulted in the destruction and burning of Swansea, including St. Mary's Church. But the structure adorned with the Swansea Devil on top miraculously remained unharmed and stood intact until 1962. Then when the building he was part of was renovated, Old Nick was finally re uh, removed. For a long time, his whereabouts were a mystery. Until the 1980s, when historians tracked him down in Gloucestershire, some campaign for him to be put back above St. Mary's Church, but despite opposition, the Quadrant Shopping Center became his new home. He remained there until 2019 when he was relocated to the Swansea Museum where he continues to remind visitors of the architect's revenge and the power of superstition. And on that note, we come to the end of today's show. We'll be talking about more curses tomorrow. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.